When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And welcome, everybody, to Still Curtain. I am Tommy Jagai, uh, editor of StillCurtain.com. Joining me today is Ike T. Ike Taylor, 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, two-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, Ike, how is it going today? Thanks for joining me right before the NFL season. Hey, appreciate you. Thanks for having me on your show. Not a problem at all. I appreciate it. Uh, Tell us, uh, it's been almost a decade. I can't believe it because... I remember when you were first drafted, so I'm aging myself a little bit here. Uh, it's been a while since you've hung up your cleats for good uh, back in following the 2014 season. Tell us what you've been up to uh, since retirement and what do you have going on today? A little bit of everything. Um, watch my son grow, develop as a man, jump into the scout department for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Will Gay and I um, have been into real estate Got a cigar line with my brother Howard. Uh, you can go to howardgcigars.com. So I realized I've been keeping myself busy, staying in shape, training kids, and pretty much everybody. So um, even though I'm retired from football, I'm still working. It definitely sounds like you've got your hands full with uh, juggling a couple of different things here. Let's talk about scouting for a minute, Ike. You obviously played with Joey Porter Sr. Uh, during your playing career. You overlapped four years, and most of your uh, NFL career, he was also playing football. Uh, what can you tell us about scouting Joey Porter Jr., and what type of relationship did you have with him prior to the Steelers drafting him? So first of all, answer your first question, like the relationship was scouting is something I always wanted to do. You know, um, I was fortunate to be an active player and to sit in some of the meetings um, with the scouts and the GM at the time, it was Kevin Colbert. Um, built a relationship not only with the Roonies, but with Omar as well, as if he was a GM. Now Omar is a GM for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, now I'm president. But I was just always interested in that part. Um, I thought I always had an eye. Um, I thought I always had great evaluation. And Pittsburgh wanted, you know, wind up putting me on board last year. So I'm so fortunate with that. As far as Joey Porter, Joey Porter Jr., you know, just a kid, ball boy, uh, born and raised in the city of Pittsburgh, the 412, uh, a natural born Yinzer, so say, uh, understood what it was or what it is to be a Pittsburgh Steelers, been to the playoffs with his dad, been in the locker room with us, been to training camps with us, been to Super Bowls with us. So he just gets, um, by nature, off a of default because he was born and raised at the time, was winning championships and going to Super Bowls, what it is to be a Pittsburgh Steelers. 
passing the torch, this number 24, I love the story hearing about that. It's like almost like Joe, uh, uh, Joey coming to you and asking for your blessing to do that. Cause that, that was your number. And so I, uh, I wrote an article not too long ago after, after Porter was drafted and I was racking my brain. I'm like, I want to come up with a player comparison and everything. It kept coming back to you. I try to avoid like the, Oh, it has to be a Steelers comparison, but he just seems so similar to you in a lot of ways. Do you think that Ike Taylor is a fair NFL player comp for Joey Porter? Um, no, I don't like, I don't like, when, I don't like when we do that. Uh, but as far as like comparisons, um, Joey Porter Jr. is going to be his own man. As far as like that 24 Jersey, um, I'm not a Troy Polamalu or Mean Joe Green, so I was just leasing. <laughs> I just tell people all the time <laughs> I was just leasing that number. But um, as far as my blessings, uh, he the one told me he wanted it. So when he said he was going to get that 2-4 jersey, I was like, the first thing that came to my head was what his dad was saying about me um, at home. So what I mean, what I mean by that is – he was talking, he was talking good about Ike Taylor at the crib and his son overheard or heard, or he just sat down with his son and was like, you know what? We got us a dog at this, at this cornerback position. His name was Ike Taylor. I'm telling you, watch him in a few years. So uh, the reason why I think Joe Porter got that jersey, not only did he see me, but it was a conversation at the crib that his dad, Joe Porter, Joe Porter Sr. was having with friends, relatives, and himself. So when I saw that, that's the first thing that came to my head because usually um, Jory Porter Jr. at the time, he didn't know me, know me, but he knew me off of the conversations in my mind that his dad was having about good old Ike Taylor. Interesting. I love it. Uh, Joey, I know the rules have changed a lot, especially on the defensive side of the ball, uh, even since you've last played. Um, did you have any advice that you've given Joey Porter Jr. on uh, just anything at all about uh, just managing the, the position of the cornerback and maybe something that you might not have been very open to during your playing days? Well, I was open to everything. You got to understand, man. I was I grew up around legends, you know, uh, Dick LeBeau, Troy Palomalu, uh, Casey Hampton, James Harrison. So I, I played with a lot on my defensive side. I played with a lot of uh, either now Hall of Famers or future to be Hall of Famers. And we ain't even going to talk about the offensive side. So I was pretty much open to everything. But when you got a coordinator like Dick LeBeau, that book going to have to open. That mind going to have to open. You're going to have to evolve. We talk about a living legend when you want to talk about Dick LeBeau. And at the same time as well, uh, Coach, Coach T just came from Minnesota. His first year head coaching the defense coordinator, it was one and two. It was between certain categories, between us and Minnesota when it came down to the defense side. So, man, I was just fortunate to be around a lot of one Hall of Fame coaches and a lot of greats that I played with. I, let's talk about you for a minute and your playing career. You don't last 12 years at the professional level without a certain type of mentality, swagger, attitude at the cornerback position. You had that. It was so easy to see. And I love even just watching you pop up on the screen and say, Ike Taylor from swag and you. And so uh, tell me how important that attitude is when it comes to playing the cornerback position. Man, cornerback position in my mind got to be, other than the quarterback position, it got to be one of the toughest positions on the field. Why guys running forward, you running backwards. And you got to anticipate 
and have instincts to understand what the offense is trying to do and what a receiver is trying to go. And we're talking about world-class receivers. So the window, um, the window of error when it comes down to playing corner is very slim. Just like the window of error of playing corner in the NFL is, is really slight to none. So for me, my attitude always been be a dog, you know, and for me, that was being aggressive. Um, what I did finally understand when I did have a bad play, let it go because they need me for the next one. But for me, man, it was a I don't give a what attitude and my back always was against the wall. You know, that was my mindset. And it was pretty much everybody except for guys who wearing black and gold. So that was my mindset. So, um, I, and that was kind of immune to me just on how I was raised at the time between 1994 and 1998. I don't think people understood. Like New Orleans was like one of the murder capitals of the world. So I lost a lot of friends, you know, in that time. And it just made my skin super thick. Um, being a walk on at the University of Louisiana Lafayette, uh, getting a scholarship my junior year, playing running back my junior year, going through some things my junior year, and just crossing over one year at being corner. So for me, they would call me raw because I, I really didn't have no experience when it came down to the cornerback position. But they loved because I was so aggressive and I had a I don't give a what attitude, speed and size. So my mentality always been strong, but I really do believe that my mentality, my mentality was like that because me growing up in a, in a city at the time where you just had to be tough and mature at a young age. It, that short-term memory was very easy to see on film. Like if you would get beat, you'd bounce right back and, and make a good play, the following play. And so uh, that was one of the traits that I loved about you watching. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply you like i know you're not that old but we don't have a lot of like testing numbers on you coming out like there are rumors that you ran as fast as a 418 which is absurd coming coming out of college so i want to know and nfl draft scout has your hand time at like a 435 what what were you what was your 40 coming out my best time was like a 429 my best time and and that was that was hand clock. My average time was in the four threes. So, um, but that was just that was from pops. Uh, my pops died a couple of years ago, and they had a few people talking about my pops at at the funeral, and all of them said the same thing. They never saw my dad lose a race. So genetically, um, God have get, have given me speed. Then I had to use, um, like Coach T would like to say, from the neck up. You just had to use your football IQ and take it from there. But your speed was, definitely wasn't an issue. 
um, until I got older in the NFL. But yeah, four two nine was my fastest, but I stayed in the sub four threes. That's that's blazing fast. Ike, you already talked a little bit uh, about your early days, your college days, going from running back at, at Louisiana Lafayette. And then making the transition to NFL cornerback. So you went through being running back, cornerback, fourth round pick, and kind of working your way up the ladder, only earning two starts in your first two years, and then finally becoming a full-time starter in year three. How hard was it to be patient through that whole process? Man, I had to enjoy the process. Um, don't forget, one of the reasons I was going to make the team was, was playing on special teams. So I was the mm -hmm. kick returner, and I played on every special team. But at the same time, you know, just playing one year of college football, I was just fortunate that, you know, the organization and, 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 and Coach LeBeau was patient enough for me, enough with me, for me to grow and develop. Now, once I grew, grew and developed, once he told me what I need to work on in the offseason, I took off. I didn't take nothing for granted. So that's exactly what I did. To this day, it's still hard to outwork me. So that's just been instilled in me since the day I was born. But um, for me, I always like the challenge. T, I always, I always love the challenge. So it wasn't, uh, Ike, you're good at this. I got off more on, please tell me what I can't do. And in that professional world, it's a lot of people that'll tell you what you can't do. So the more you told me what I couldn't do, man, the more you uh put more gasoline on my fire, so say. So like you say, 12 years, there's people in the regular world, the corporate world that can't keep a job for 12 years. Um, I kept a job at a professional level for 12 years. 12 years and was very successful. Like you talked about some of your former teammates and my goodness, you were part of such a legendary group there. But then I watched these videos of like Troy Palmalu breaking down and crying, talking about his relationship with you and with Ryan Clark and what it meant to be part of that defense. Can, can you describe what that relationship was between not only just defensive backs, but everybody on the team? The brotherhood, um, when it comes down to the defense, to defensive backs T, like we understood as long as we didn't argue with each other uh, because of the position. And what I meant by that, we the last line of defense. So a defensive lineman can mess up. They got to run it. They got the linebackers to make them right. A linebacker can mess up. They got the secondaries to make them right. We can't mess up on the back end or it's going to be a high scoring game. And at that level, you really can't mess up. On the, on the back end, but we had a defense coordinator who played that position. So he really understood exactly what it was to be a safety in the corner. And we're talking about Coach Dick LeBeau. So he made it a lot easier for us because he had some kind of understanding. He just so happened to be our defense coordinator too as well. And that's rare as a defense coordinator. Usually your defense coordinators are linebacker coaches or defensive line coaches. It's very rare you have a defensive coordinator who is a formal cornerback so say so we understood and, and we took advantage of that when it came down to it it's the brotherhood of the whole defense though um, when we was winning games uh t at a high level consistently uh, we did more with each other off the field than on the field so you got to be intimate as far as like families birthdays uh kids we understood exactly um, and you didn't you you didn't want to let them down. So when you got when you got on the field, T, you don't you didn't want to let that brother beside you or them ten other brothers on the field down, regardless of what it was, because it was more off the field uh, brotherhood than on the field, and that carried over. So we was just an unselfish group 
at the time, we cared and loved each other. We didn't want to see each other um, hurt, whether it was on the field or off the field, and regardless on what you was going through. And we just wanted to make each other proud at the same time. But what I did like about that group we had when I was playing, we was brutally honest with each other, T. So your skin had to be thick coming into that locker room. If somebody said something to you, you couldn't, have, you couldn't take it the wrong way, they were just saying it because they cared. There was no such word as this person is hating. Nah, this person really wants to see you grow and develop and be the professional they think you can be. So we had a lot of guys that came in um, and played outside their body, meaning they played a certain way, they played at a level because they understood what it was to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Well, that was definitely evident. It's easy to see just how much you guys care about each other. Uh, we mentioned Troy Polamalu here, and obviously you started your career with him back in 2003 and coming into the NFL draft, and you both finished in, in 2014. What was it like to start and finish your career with Polamalu and have him, him him there joining that you on that journey throughout the way? Man, I said all the time, man, God, God blessed me with a few angels in my life. Um, when it came down to Dr. Joe Murray, he was my principal in high school. He went to Louisiana Lafayette. He got me in that college. Then it comes down to Dean Barry. Dean Barry was my dean at college. He saved me a lot of times academically when it came down to Louisiana Lafayette. Got drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the only Paul Barrows, um, other than his intermediate family with Paul Paul Rooney at his funeral. So, and then now Troy dropped into my life. So Troy is just different. He's just a different human being, you know? So um, he's rare. Guys like him don't come around too often who's walking this earth. So uh, Troy blessed me with a lot of grace. Like, even though I'm older than Troy, I always tell Troy a lot of different categories. I look up to him. I look at, I look up to him by the way he carries himself and what he is at a, as a man, a person, a Christian, and as a husband. So the football part wise was easy. As soon as, as soon as I saw Troy uh, in practice, um, I already knew he was a hall of fame and he was different. So I said, dang, this dude way better than me. Let me see how long I can ride his coattail. You know, so uh, they say iron sharpens iron. And when they say that, they usually mean that about the opposite position. So usually when you got a good receiver, which I had my whole career with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm going against in training camps and practice. But Troy sharpened, sharpened me as far as like a person and to be a better player. So dude, just a unique dude, man. He's one of the few that's walking this earth. So I was just real fortunate on coming in and leaving out with him. Well, I appreciate your, your humility there, Ike, but you were a good player yourself. I mean, in the middle of your career, you established a reputation as you were one of the lockdown cornerbacks in the NFL. And because of that, like I, you just didn't get the, the pro bowl appearance. Was, was there ever a year or multiple years where you're like, you felt like you were snubbed of, of pro bowl honors? Well, you know, with the Pro Bowl, it all came down to interceptions. And I, I had I had a few interceptions, but um, I was – my proudest moments when I played was on Wednesdays when Coach LeBeau came into the meeting and was like, Ike, you know who you got this week. So – and it was the team's best receiver. So for me, T, it was more like, man, if I don't catch it, they ain't catching it, you know, and – there was no such thing as safety help when I was traveling with the team's best receiver. It was IQ lock up on him, take care of your business, and we're going to do everything else. So that was like my proudest moments. At, at one point in time, when you get older, you know, I just had to sit on one side of the defense. But when I was in my prime and 
Coach LeBeau and that defensive staff and Coach T was like, you know who you got this week. I felt very good about that. My teammates felt very good about that. So they liked it, me over a lot of other receivers. So, man, it was just, it was an honor. And, and it's hard. It's hard. But uh, I wanted that challenge every week. If they didn't give me that challenge every week, I was pissed off. And they knew it. But at the same time, man, it was just an honor for me in those days playing one year at cornerback. You got to understand, man, a lot of these guys in the league who play corner, they've been playing corner all their life. You know, so in high school, I played defensive end, and I was the wing T guy because we had a wing T offense. So for an organization to put all their trust in a one-year guy and to be like you play the team's best receiver for a span of like six to eight years, that's all it means to me. Y'all can have the Pro Bowls, I understand. Um, it came with the interceptions, but at the same time, nobody uh, was locking up receivers like how Ike Taylor was locking up receivers. Well, and you get the last laugh in the end with those two rings anyhow. So, Ike, I know I, a lot of people would pretty widely consider you the best cornerback for the Pittsburgh Steelers of the 2000s. That's a pretty big honor. Uh, there was always one knock in your game, and as you mentioned, it was the interceptions. 14 picks in 12 years. Did your teammates ever get on your case at all? all how, how were they after you you dropped a pick? All the time. All the time. All the time. Man, it was, it was, it was just that. But they knew when it came playoff time, for some reason, my hands woke up. You know, so I tell people all the time, Pittsburgh ain't paid me for the regular season. Pittsburgh paid me for the playoffs. They knew I was catching the interception or two to seal the deal or to help the offense out when it came down to the playoffs. So that's what really, that's what really counts. You really want to get hot uh, at the end of the season or during big game moments. And usually that's for the playoffs. So as long as you handle your business in that division, and that was the AFC North and locking down because you always want to be first because you guarantee a playoff spot. And as long as you handle your business in the playoffs, that was another reason. So that's what I put my hat on. That's what the proud moments of me had came about. Well, you were definitely a, a, an integral part of that legendary defense there in Pittsburgh. Uh, Ike, playing 12 years in the NFL, you obviously obviously went against a lot of really good receivers in an era where there were great receivers in the NFL. I, I loved watching later in your career, uh, the battle between you and A.J. Green in Green's early part of his career. Who's the best receiver that you've ever faced? Man, the best receiver I ever faced was A.B., and he was on my team. And I tell people mm -hmm. that all the time. Like the dude was just different. Um, he's just different. I mean, he, we can all see now that he's just a different dude. But at the at the, at the same time, when it came down to football, um, I think AB had a six year span when nobody in the league was better than AB, and I'm talking about quarterbacks included. Um, I saw it from my early, from when he was a rookie, and then like his third year when we start getting the ball in his hands and he started making plays, he just took off. So. A.B. at one time when he was on the scout team, he was making my job easy in the game. You know, and that's no disrespect to anybody I played against um, on the opposite side who wasn't a Pittsburgh Steeler, but that's how good that dude was when it came down to to, to being in practice and training camps. Yeah, he really was. Uh, Ike, there were so many to choose from. You played with with Hall of Fame players. Who is, if you could just pick one, who is the best teammate that you've ever played with before? This Troy hands down, like just I had I had I had all live access, front row seats, uh, in court games, just watching this dude 
just making plays after plays after plays after plays. Mr. I need a play. Um, Mr. Clutch Moments, Mr. Let's Seal a Deal. Mr. Troy, we need your help. I mean, Troy pretty much carried um, instinctively uh, that defense. I'm talking about plays. We, we, we didn't have a few games. And what I mean a few, I'm talking over 20 games where, you know, pretty much everybody on that defensive side at one point in time was like, Troy, we need you to make a play for us, you know? And you can understand what well, you can't understand because that's a lot of pressure, but that's what Troy just did. You know, whether we told that to him verbally or we were just thinking that stuff in our head, or we were just sitting uh, a couple of a couple of seats alongside of Troy and talking to each other like, dang, it's about that Troy Palomalu time when he's going to make a play for us. So Troy by far, and I didn't play, I, I didn't play with some Hall of Famers, but Troy by far in my mind uh, was definitely different and special. He was certainly a different type of animal and not a lot of people can replicate his game. If anybody, uh, Ike, let's talk about the current Pittsburgh Steelers for a minute. If we could, um, how good do you think this rookie draft class is now you're in the scouting side of things? What do you think about this draft class in comparison to, to like years past, man, your draft is only as good as your bottom half. So from the fourth, all the way down to the seventh, seven. And, and, and that brings a lot of depth when it comes down to that. And that's what we're getting back to when I played. Um, I was a fourth-round draft pick, but, heck, we had some seven-rounders make the team and get other guys cut as well. So, And that's and, and that depth is very important because there's a lot of competition when you get down to that. So for us as an organization, IT, uh, the, the first three rounds, we we feel like we're supposed to hit on the first three. Now, after, after the three, you get down to that fourth and seventh round, and you're getting guys and you're getting steals and you're getting Pittsburgh Steelers, you ain't doing nothing but building a roster, you know? So if you look at what Herbert is doing coming from Wisconsin, outside linebacker, fourth-round draft pick, man, that's a, that's, a, that's a steal for us, so say one. So when you just keep catching them steals from the fourth down to the seventh, you ain't doing nothing but building a hell of a team. Yeah, and Herbig obviously has a great start to his career so far. I was down in Latrobe for a few days, obviously had the, the amazing preseason. So hopefully he can be the next in line of those fourth round picks for the Steelers. They're kind of few and far between. You were one of them, and we're hoping we get another with him. Uh, let's talk about this cornerback group for a minute, Ike. Very different looking than it was just obviously a year ago. And there, there's pros and cons to having an older group. Get a little, Got to address the elephant in the room, though. A couple guys here that they ran four sixes or so coming into the league. Do you see for, foresee that being an issue at all with the Steelers cornerback room this year? And how do you think that these guys are all going to gel together? Jared Rice never ran a four 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 three. Jared Rice played damn near twenty years. So it's a difference between training to run fast and actually playing fast on the field. Um, but the guys that we got on the field now, other than our young guys, they're very instinctive. They got a lot of experience when it comes down to that cornerback position and you can't put a time on experience it's a, it's a lot of good anticipation there's a lot of guys in that secondary who's not a rookie or, or a second year guy who's made a lot of plays played a lot of snaps for the for the NFL they're just so happy to be a Pittsburgh still now um, I mean when you're looking at a Pat Pete Pat Pete uh probably make it to the Hall of Fame um you see what Minka is doing DeMonte Casey always, regardless on his size or his speed, he always has been around the ball. That's something you can't coach his instinct. So we got some guys, we got some guys back there. Even though uh, the outside world says a lot about a 40 speed, but you know when you popping that tape and they playing faster than guys who ran four threes, it's the experience 
and a high football IQ. Like, let's talk about uh, some of the younger players on the offensive side of the ball real quick. And, and one of the guys that has stood out, I mean, basically since day one, his rookie year is George Pickens. Obviously he's expanded on that, uh, had an awesome summer down in Latrobe. And then he, he follows that up with basically a perfect showing uh, on his three targets in, in the preseason. And so if you were back in your prime right now, going against George Pickens, is this the type of receiver that you'd like to cover? Like, no, you're not going to rise up over me and get that football. Man, I played against a lot of receivers. Um, first of all, George Pickens is different. I call Georgia alien. Um, far as like body control, I have never seen um, a receiver with such good, great body control, um, especially at his height. But we can go down the line. Hines, Antonio, Antonio Brown, uh, Plexico Burris, Antoine Randall Ellis, Antonio Holmes, uh, Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders, Martavis Bryant. So when you want to talk about receivers, that's exactly uh, what the Pittsburgh Steelers do well when it comes down to drafting. They draft receivers. I mean, how you catch Deontay Johnson in the later rounds? You know, George is George. George is different. Uh, and he's going to be a playmaker. Him and Kenny Pickett going to be making plays for a long time. But when it came down to receivers and the receivers I had to play, man, I had to play some hell of receivers at the time, whether it was on the team or just going against opposing teams' best receivers. So, George is going to be different. Um, I like George because I don't even think George knows how good he is. George is out there having fun, you know, and that's the scary part about it. Once George figure out how good he really is, I know he say how good he is, but once he really figure it out and, and, and tune in and, and lock in, and what I mean by lock in is, is being a complete receiver, it's going to be very scary for a lot of people. I'm just so glad he wearing that black and gold. You mentioned Kenny Pickett a little bit there as well. I obviously Pickett had the perfect 158.3 pass rating for the preseason. I know it this comes against primarily backups and it's like five drives. He scored a touchdown on every one of them. But have you seen everything that you were hoping to see from Pickett in year two? And what what do you expect from him in 2023? Man, I saw that uh towards the end of the season last year. You know, mm-hmm. um, but that this this is what you get when you got a four-year starter. You know, playing that quarterback position, you get a mature, you get a guy who understands what it is. And by the way, he went to the University of Pittsburgh and we share the same building when it comes down to it. So he already knew what it was to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, he already knows what it is to play in cold weather. He already knows the the ins and outs. Um, but just that maturity level T at that quarterback position for a guy who's been playing this four years. Um Kenny know Kenny know how good Kenny is, and at some point in time, Kenny just need the reps. And I saw it last year towards the end of the season, like okay, we got us a special quarterback, we got us a franchise quarterback in my mind. And Kenny Pickett just offered his resume, and his resume said four years of college. That's a lot of snaps. That's a lot of experience. And by the way, his college is in the city of Pittsburgh, so he understands what it is to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. So. Kenny won ever the issue, man. I always thought Kenny was going to take off um, around his time. Um, and I thought his takeoff moment was our loss in Miami last year. And when Coach T, him and Coach T was walking off the field, and it's a clip that's circling, circling around when him and Coach T was walking on the field, uh, Coach T was, was, was just telling them, Look, it's going to be some games like this, but we're going to win more than we lose, and you're going to be our guy for that. So that that one was just nothing but a blue check, a verification 
to let Kenny know, okay, I can take off. So, and they say you, 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 you usually learn, not usually, you do learn more from the losses in your life than what you're expected to do. And that loss and that conversation walking off that Miami field with Coach T uh, said a lot about Kenny. I know Kenny took that to heart. And in my mind, I felt like that's what he just took off. Yeah, you can definitely see his uh, his confidence and, and leadership. I think those are some of the, the traits that he possesses that could make him that guy for the Steelers. just want to talk about one more player here, Ike, today, a name that we have not mentioned yet. And that is TJ Watt. Now you didn't, you, you retired three years before Watt came into the league. So, so you didn't, you weren't able to play with him, but I just want to, I want to get your thoughts on Watt and what you've seen from him so far in his career. I mean, by the end of this guy's career, could he be in that conversation where like, yeah, you were up there with names like Troy Polamalu, the, the best that you've ever played with. Man, it's letting you know how much TJ Watt loved football. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you remember, but there was going through his contract situation, right? And, mm -hmm. and TJ said, man, um, not really hell with my agent, but F all this, let me sign this goddamn contract. The numbers is close enough. I need to get back downstairs to my teammates and get on the field and practice. Now, this is this is this is doing practice. So that's letting you know everything about TJ. I'm gonna make the money. I ain't worrying about the money. All I all I want to do is play football and be around guys and be around my guys on this field. Uh, so let me hurry up and sign this thing and go down to practice. So um, I think it was like a couple of dollars off that his agent was fighting for. And TJ said, man, hell with that. I'm about to sign this paper. Y'all two figure this out between the organization and my agent. But I'm about to sign this paper, man, because I need to hit the field and be back on the field with my teammates. So when I heard that story, I was like, right, this dude, this dude all the way different. And we ain't even going to talk about, you know, former league defensive MVP in the NFL and TJ Watt. You know, I think right now we have the most out of any organization defensive player of the years than any other organization. So that says a lot about what the Pittsburgh Steelers and how they draft and what they have an eye for. But TJ on and off the field, you know, TJ Watt, huge in the community. Uh, he just so happened to have at one point in time, two other brothers that played in the NFL between JJ and we had his other brother at the fullback position for a year or two. So TJ just knew, he just understood, but TJ just different, man. And, and I don't know what it is about the Pittsburgh Steelers, but they stay drafting somebody who's different. I just got one more question for you today, and that is, what are your expect expectations for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Can you give us a record prediction by the end of the season? How do you think they're going to finish? Man, I finish on a good note. I'm going to go political on you. We're going to finish on a good note, T. Okay. That's it? Just a good note? Just a good note, baby. All right. I love it. Ike, thank you so much for, for taking the time to sit down with me today. It's been a pleasure. You're, you're welcome to join us anytime uh, on the Still Curtain podcast. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks for the invite, T. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.